Hey, this is Kaz, and this is Nightmares at Midnight. Hi everyone and welcome back to Nightmares at Midnight. This is the Baba Yaga or if you pronounce it Baba Yaga episode. I pronounce it Baba Yaga so that's what we're gonna go with today. Before we jump into that episode I just want to thank everybody for tuning back in again and sharing. We hit 100 downloads in the last couple days so thank you for that. Just keep sharing and keep telling your friends and family about it so that way my podcast gets a little bit bigger. So we're going to jump right into what I'm watching. So this week has actually been very, very busy for me. My husband and I have started playing Magic the Gathering, and we in the last week have gone to three different tournaments in Anchorage, Alaska. So that's about 45 minutes from our house. So we've been traveling down there to do that. So I haven't had a whole lot of time to watch TV. Um, The one time that I did actually sit down to watch that was over the weekend, and I watched The Mothman Prophecies. This movie came out in 2002, and I was suggested to watch it, of course, because of the podcast, and I had never seen this before. Mothman is not one that I have actually been familiar with at all, so it was kind of cool to watch that. I don't know how to pronounce his last name, but it's got Richard Greer in it, and Laura Linney is in it. It's pretty good, very thriller-esque, but remember it's in 2002, so the graphics are way different than how they are right now. I don't know if you guys know who the actress Deborah Messing is, but she's in this too. And the there was like two parts in the movie that actually startled me. And one of them was a close-up of her. It was good. Then otherwise, uh, my husband and I have just been keeping up on the little demon show on Hulu. Uh, We also watched some episodes of Sandman on Netflix. We tend to watch that one before we go to bed. I don't know if you have seen that. One last thing that I wanted to mention before we move on is for my fellow Potterheads. I don't know if you are aware, but Tom Felton, who played Draco Malfoy, released his own book. It's called Beyond the Wand, The Magic and Mayhem of Growing Up a Wizard. It released today, October 18th, and... I pre-ordered my copy to make sure I got it because hashtag Slytherin, but make sure you get yourself a copy and let me know what you think of it too. Okay, so jumping right into Baba Yaga, I chose this legend because I was already familiar with it as my husband and I named our dog after it. We call her Yaga just because of her personality and So I just decided that this was a good time to do Baba Yaga. Every fairy tale tradition has a witch, and Russia is no different. But in place of dozens of nameless, black-clad, pointy-hatted women standing over glowing, green, bubbling cauldrons, Baba Yaga is the character in Russian folklore that keeps characters out of strange woods. Baba Yaga appears throughout history, first referenced in text in a Russian grammar book 
1755 as a figure lifted from Slavic folklore. It's likely that her origins derived from many ancient oral tales that later were built upon and reconstructed into written folk stories. Baba Yaga, meaning old woman or grandma, and Yaga comes from the old Russian verb Yagat, sorry if I'm pronouncing that wrong, which means to abuse or to find fault. Baba Yaga is the most popular and complex character in Russian folk tales and traces its origins to the ancient Slavic goddess who was the link between life and death or our world and the underworld. There are many versions of the origins of her name, including one that links Yaga to the meaning of to be cross or to tell someone off, and others that connect the name Yaga to several languages with meanings such as snake-like, ancestral, and forest dweller. Whatever the origin of the name, it has come to be associated with a crone-like character who sometimes catches and sacrifices children and is unpredictable in her behavior. However, this association is far from the original meaning bestowed on Baba Yaga, which was of nature, motherhood, and the underworld. In fact, Baba Yaga was the most beloved character in Russian folklore and represented the society where it originated. Her unpredictable nature was a reflection of the people's relationships with the earth when the weather could affect crops and harvest. Her bloodthirstiness or her aggressiveness came from the sacrificial rituals of the ancient Slavs and the nastiness attributed to Baba Yaga is due to the way the clergy liked to portray her in order to suppress pagan Slavic values that remained popular with the common people despite Christianity being an official religion. Whew. That was a lot. So basically to summarize up all of that information that I just told you is it kind of depended on where the stories originated from for what she was claimed to be about. And religion tended to play a big part in that, especially in that time frame. That seemed to be pretty typical. You will come across Baba Yaga in most Russian folktales. She lives in a forest, a symbol of the crossing from life to death in Slavic lore, and in a hut that rests on two chicken legs. Yes, you heard me correctly. I had to look up what this house looks like, and it turns out they're real houses. The thought process behind the chicken legs is they're on, like, stumps, but I'll tell you more about that later on. Hold on. If you Google what a picture is, or if you look at our Instagram, I shared a picture of what her house or her hut looks like, so you can see where the thought process for the stories came from. Uh, Yaga likes to catch travelers and make them do the kitchen work, but she also welcomes travelers with food and drink, and if they answer her riddles correctly or display humble behavior, Yaga can become their biggest helper. So that last line is why we named our dog what we did, because if you can feed, water her, give her love and affection, and treat her kindly, then she's a super nice dog. And if you don't, then she doesn't like you. (laughs) Anyways, in some Russian tales, Baba Yaga is portrayed as a hag who flies through the air in a mortar using the pestle as a rudder and sweeping away the tracks behind her with a broom made out of silver birch. So in case you don't know what that is, I'm sure you've heard the term a mortar and pestle. So the mortar part is the bowl that you would grind whatever you're putting into it in. 
And then the pestle is the part you use to grind. So that's an image in itself that's completely different than riding a broomstick. She lives in the hut that moves around on a pair of the dancing chicken legs. And the keyhole to her front door is a mouth filled with sharp teeth. The fence outside is made with human bones with skulls on top, often with one pole lacking its skull, leaving a place where she can threaten to place the hero's skull after eating them. In another legend, the house does not reveal the door until it is told a magical phrase, turn your back to the forest, your front to me. In some tales, her house is connected with three riders, one in white, riding a white horse with white harness, who is day, a red rider, who is the sun, and one in black, who is night. She is served by invisible servants inside the house. She will explain about the riders if asked, but may kill a visitor who inquires about the servants. Baba Yaga is sometimes shown as an antagonist and sometimes as a source of guidance. There are stories where she helps people with their quests and stories in which she kidnaps children and threatens to eat them. Seeking out her aid is usually portrayed as a dangerous act. An emphasis is placed on the need for proper preparation and purity of spirit as well as basic politeness. Baba Yaga in Polish folklore differs in details. For example, the Polish Baba Yaga's house has only one chicken leg. A cabin on chicken legs with no windows and no doors in which Baba Yaga dwells sounds like pure fantasy. In fact, this is an interpretation of an ordinary construction popular among hunter-gatherer nomadic peoples of Siberia, and Tunguisic families, I'm not sure if I pronounced that right either, invented to preserve supplies against animals during long periods of absence. So earlier when I mentioned that I looked up what these huts look like, this is kind of talking about that. A doorless and windowless log cabin is built upon supports made from the stumps of two or three closely grown trees cut at the height of eight to ten feet. The stumps with their spreading roots give a good impression of chicken legs. The only access into the cabin is via a trap door in the middle of the floor. A similar but smaller construction was used by Siberian pagans to hold figurines of their gods. Recalling the late matriarchy among Siberian peoples, a common picture of a bone-carved doll in rags in a small cabin on top of a tree stump fits a common description of Baba Yaga who barely fits in her cabin with legs in one corner, head in another, her nose grown into the ceiling. There are indications that ancient Slavs had a funeral tradition of cremation in huts of this type. In 1948, Russian archaeologists discovered small huts of the described type with traces of corpse cremation and circular fences around them. So Baba Yaga is not married. She's single, presumably the old spinster type. However, some Russian peasants saw her living with a daughter, Marinka. Some say Baba Yaga is the devil's grandmother, which means she apparently had children. Um, as far as sightings, there was reports of a man named Jim Tong, who reportedly didn't see her but could smell her hut while walking in the forest. Baba Yaga is a favorite subject of Russian films and cartoons. The animated film Bartok the Magnificent features Baba Yaga as a main character, but not the antagonist. The film Vasilisa the Beautiful featuring Baba Yaga was the first feature with fantasy elements in the Soviet Union, and the figure appeared often during the Soviet era. 
At that time, she was interpreted as an exploiter of her animal servants. So I'm going to give you a brief summary of Vasilisa the Beautiful. So by his first wife, a merchant had a single daughter who was named as Vasilisa the Beautiful. When the girl was eight years old, her mother died. When it became clear that she was dying, she called Vasilisa to her bedside where she gave her a tiny wooden one-of-a-kind doll talisman with explicit instructions. She must always keep the doll somewhere on her person and never allow anyone, not even her father, to see it or even know of its existence. Whenever Vasilisa should find herself in need of help, whenever overcoming evil obstacles or just be in need of advice or just some comfort, all that she needs to do is to offer it a little to eat and a little to drink and then whatever Vasilisa needs, it would help her. Once her mother had died, Vasilisa offered it a little drink and a little to eat and it comforted her in her time of grief. After the mourning period, Vasilisa's father, in need of a mother for her, and to keep house, decided he needed to remarry. For his new wife, he chose a widow with two daughters of her own from previous marriage, thinking that she would make the perfect new mother figure for his daughter. Side note, this sounds like Cinderella a little bit, doesn't it? However, Vasilisa's stepmother was very cruel to her, as were the stepsisters, but with the help of the doll, she was always able to perform all the household tasks imposed on her. When Vasilisa came of age and young men came trying to woo her, the stepmother rejected them all on the pretense that it was not proper for younger girls to marry before the older girls and none of the suitors wished to marry Vasilisa's stepsisters. One day, the merchant had to embark on an extended journey out of town for business. His wife, seeing an opportunity to dispose of Vasilisa, sold the house on the same day he left and moved them all away to a gloomy hut by a forest where rumors said that Baba Yaga resided. When not overworking Vasilisa with housework, the stepmother would also send her out deep into the woods on errands with the intentions of either marring her stepdaughter's enduring beauty or increasing the chances of Baba Yaga discovering her and eating her, keeping the stepmother's hands clean of any perceived culpability. Only thanks to the doll was Vasilisa able to keep completing the scores of housework and remain safe whenever out of the house, always returning unharmed. The stepmother, only becoming frustrated with how her stepdaughter's continued luck, not only in remaining alive, but also in her beauty, continued to grow, but also in how her beauty continued to grow, decided to change tactics. One night, before bed, she gave each of the girls a task and put out all the fires except for a single candle. Her older daughter then put out the candle, as instructed by her mother, whereupon the stepsister's bodily forced Vasilisa out of the house and demanded that she go to fetch light from Baba Yaga's hut. The doll advised her to go and she went. While she was walking, a mysterious man rode by her in the hours before dawn, dressed in white, riding a white horse whose equipment was all white, then a similar rider in red. She came to a house that stood on chicken legs and was walled by a fence made of human bones. A black rider, like the white and red riders, rode past her, and night fell, whereupon the eye sockets of the skulls began to glow, like lanterns. 
Vasilisa was too frightened to run away, and so Baba Yaga found her when she arrived in her giant flying mortar. Once she learned why the girl was there, Baba Yaga said that Vasilisa must perform tasks to earn the fire or be killed. She was to clean the house and yard, wash Baba Yaga's laundry, and cook her a meal enough for a dozen which Baba Yaga eats all by herself. She was also required to separate grains of rotten corn from sound corn and separate poppy seeds from grains of soil. That sounds like torture enough. Baba Yaga left the hut for the day and Vasilisa despaired as she worked herself into exhaustion. When all hope of completing the tasks seemed lost, the doll whispered that she would complete the tasks for Vasilisa and that the girl should sleep. At dawn, the white rider passed at or before noon, the red. As the black rider rode past, Baba Yaga returned and could complain of nothing. She bade three pairs of disembodied hands seize the corn to squeeze the oil from it, then asked Vasilisa if she had any questions. Vasilisa asked about the rider's identities and was told that the white one was day, the red one was the sun, and the black one night. But when Vasilisa thought of asking about the disembodied hands, the doll quivered in her pocket. She realized she should not ask and told Baba Yaga she had no further questions. In return, Baba Yaga inquired as to the cause of Vasilisa's success. On hearing the answer, by my mother's blessing, Baba Yaga, who wanted nobody with any kind of blessing in her presence, threw Vasilisa out of her house and sent her home with a skull lantern full of burning coals to provide light for her stepfamily. Upon her return, Vasilisa found that since sending her out on her task, the stepfamily had been unable to light any candles or fire in their home. Even lamps and candles that might be brought in from outside were useless for the purpose, as all were snuffed out the second they were carried over the threshold. The coals brought in the skull lantern burned Vasilisa's stepmother and stepsisters to ashes, and she buried the skull according to its instructions so no person would ever be harmed by it. Later, Vasilisa became an assistant to a maker of cloth in Russia's capital city, where she became so skilled at her work that the Tsar himself noticed her skill, and he later married her. So that was the main story that I had read about Baba Yaga. I think that it details enough about her to know like where she lived and how she lived and that she went away and how she killed people. And Baba Yaga is the primary antagonist in the fantasy novel Enchantment by Orson Scott Card and appears in the short story Joseph and Koza by Isaac Bashevis Singer and is regularly featured in stories in Jack and Jill, a popular children's magazine. Baba Yaga has also been portrayed in two famous musical works. Modest Masagorsky's Masagors- Picture at an Exhibition, a suite for piano composed in 1874. I listened to this and it was beautiful. Baba Yaga, a symphonic poem by Anatoly Lyadov depicts the Baba Yaga summoning her mortar, pestle, and broom and then flying through the forest. Clarissa Pinkola Estes, the author of Women Who Run with the Wolves, utilized various fairy tales to depict the stages of women's development. Estes was born of a Hungarian and Mexican ancestry and focused her studies on the stories that were shared by both cultures. And one story in her book is about Vasilisa the Wise and her encounter with Baba Yaga. In this case, both characters are symbols for the different phases of life. And Baba Yaga has also made several appearances in the Dungeons and Dragons fantasy role-playing game. Also, I have a book here at the house that's called 
badass the birth of a legend and it's by ben thompson and Bobby Yaga has her own chapter in there as well as far as merch i looked up Bobby Yaga. there's a hoodie that i found that i was actually kind of wanting to get myself that says beware the Bobby Yaga on it it's at wickedclothes.com um, it's this black hoodie and it's got kind of neon colors and it's like a drawing of her house I just thought it was cool. And it's got like ghosts up the sleeves and stuff. And then there's a white hoodie that has Baba Yaga's hut on it on Etsy. This one's a little, I don't want to say more mainstream, but it's not as aggressive in your face. It's just a simple drawing of it, but still cute. Um, Then there is an Enchanted Forest graphic t-shirt on redbubble.com. This reminded me of like cross stitch. It looked super classic. I liked it too. I don't know that I would wear it, but it was cool. And then there's Enchanted Forest Cups on Zazzle.com if you're that much into the merch for her. As far as movies with Baba Yaga in it, um, there was one in 2020 that came out uh, called Baba Yaga Terror of the Dark Forest by Scream Factory TV. That one was super scary. Lots of jump scares. I live for the thriller type, and that definitely was one of them. Uh, The Baba Yaga in John Wick, though, that is not the same, obviously. They kind of played that off as like a boogeyman rather than her character, so that's not quite related. It's not a movie, but um, I also found a game or app, I guess, for the oculus quest so i'm gonna have to check this one out myself it's a game about baba yaga i'm gonna download and check it out it you can get it at babayagavr.com it's like an interactive world that you're in with her so anyways that is baba yaga's episode you can let us know what you think of it at our website, nightmares at midnight podcast.buzzsprout.com, or you can follow us on Instagram at nightmares at midnight podcast, or you can join our Facebook page, nightmares at midnight podcast. And I was asked to list the specific podcast places you can listen to us at. And so far, we are on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Apple Podcast, Podcast Index, TuneIn, and Alexa and podcast addict and you can also email us at nightmares at midnight podcast at gmail.com i just wanted to let you know coming up in the next few episodes we're going to start doing advertisements for small businesses so make sure to listen to those in case any of them are near you as far as what the topic is going to be for the next few episodes we are going through our list right now we have hillbilly beast coming up We have Legend of Hot Rod Haven in Kentucky. We have the Paulding Light in Michigan. Um, We're going to do a Paranormal Activity episode, a Sea Creatures episode. Uh, My daughter's coming on to help us out with a Egyptian episode. Uh, So there's quite a few in the works right now. We have a special guest coming on soon. It's really turning out to be something great. So thank you for listening. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for telling your friends and family and keep that up for me and catch us next time.
seeking occupational therapy services for your child in the Wasilla and Palmer area and you're on a waiting list, clinic setting just isn't cutting it, too many options or not enough, Wild Free Kids OT may be your answer. With no wait lists and extensive training, experience working with children and adolescents with behavior issues, we offer mobile, community, and nature-based OT where it matters most. You get real results learning alongside your child and without compromising your way of life. Give us a call at 907-215-4438 or check us out on Facebook or online, Wild Free Kids OT.